And welcome back to another episode of The Amazing City. This time I'm hands-free, so all hand gestures are ready to go. It's Antonio Slater and Jack Ramsey. Uh, a better a better week or series for the Mets. I forget how many games they've played since our last recording. Um, Probably five or six. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because the we last recorded before the Miami series. So they took two out of three from Miami, right? Two out of three? Two out of four? Yes. Two out of three from Miami, two out of three from San Diego, which is huge because they just, I mean, they just had their way with the Mets last year. And considering so, you face Starvish and Snell. Right, right. Well, I mean, I have thoughts on Snell, but some people still think he was really good. Um, I mean, he's still better than most major league starters. I, all right, that's fair. He's still a quality major league starter on a playoff team. I'll accept that. I'll accept that. because I, 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 mean, I think the bar, I think the bar for him is he is a playoff caliber starter. You know, if the, if the Padres back get, end, but he's yeah, he's probably he starting game three or four. Loss. Probably the same conversation as like a Taiwan Walker these days. Okay, you know what? All right, he's a three or four in a playoff team. Either way, since we've last recorded, they went four, four and two. You will happily take that. You'll happily take that. Yeah, I mean, not to be that guy, but it's it, I, I don't know if you're ready to call those two blowouts in Milwaukee, you know, outliers. But aside from those two games, they're seven and four. Starting pitching has looked pretty good. Peterson and McGill have been godsends. You know, I pointed out on my Twitter account a couple of days ago, you know, in Milwaukee, Max Scherzer had 15 batted balls against them of 90 miles per hour or more. In his last start, he only had four. Yeah. Granted, those are very different lineups. One's on the road, one's at home. But for Max but, Scherzer having 15 hard hit balls, that's an anomaly. Yeah, and I, you know, and it's it's fair to label that an anomaly. Yeah, you know, you can look at that right away and go, you know what, it's just one of those days, and not be worried about, oh my God, Scherzer's cooked. Oh my God, Scherzer's cooked. If you are, that's just you're a sky's falling person. There's a bunch of you. Whatever. I can go to your page and I know for a fact you're following Frank Fleming. That's that's all it says. Okay, well, I did laugh pretty hard when Ruff doubled and Frank quote tweeted it and said, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I, uh, I mean, was. like. I'll give him credit. That was funny, but we all knew that was coming. Anywho, anywho, it's still um. Look, I think they look fine. I mean, your biggest concerns right now all feel pretty fixable, like internally. I mean, if your biggest concern is Escobar, first of all, it's only thirteen games in, so it's way too early to freak out. Right, but like, let's say your biggest concern right now is Eduardo Escobar, and that's valid. Billy sure. Epler is going to be at PNC Field tonight watching the Syracuse Mets. Where he has, in theory, two, if not even three, third base options is it down known, there. Is he actually going to be there? Reported by Martino, yeah. For all we know, he might be going there to tell these guys, don't pack your bags till July. You don't know. You don't know. But if we're being honest. Or pack your bags, you're going to Pittsburgh or St. Louis or who knows. Yeah, hurry up. You're meeting us in Oakland. Yeah, but, he's playing devil's advocate. Right, but if, if you're... If you're really looking at at the state of the Mets right now and you're yeah. thinking they need a better third base option, they have if you believe Ronnie Mauricio can play some third base and you're willing to give him that shot, you have four options down there. Considering Danny Mendick's hitting like 400 as an everyday player so far. Sure. Danny Mendick's hitting the piss out of the baseball. Right. You know, you got Beatty. You if you want to stick Vientos at third. I can understand why, because he's killing the baseball. Mauricio's killing the baseball. The average exit velocity on Brett Beatty's batted in-play balls this it's year. It's like 101. It's 100.8, and that's including outs. That's 
so even silly. the soft roller he hits back to the mound counts to that. That's silly. You know, when he rolls one over and it six chops, you know, Matt Adams at first base. <laughs> that still counts. Yeah. 100.8 is absurd. Eduardo Escobar's is like 83. Right. Right. So, I mean, and even if you worry about, okay, well, it's catcher. I mean, yeah, Nito hasn't been great, but you have Alvarez. Narvaez won't be hurt forever. Mm-hmm. If you're worried about, you know, it's the pen. You know, I, I don't like what I'm seeing out of Dennis Santana. They're relying on him too much. I mean, Joey your biggest worry is the eighth guy out of the bullpen. Well, here here's my worry because I won't I won't lie. It, it it I think it might be my biggest worry with the team, and the worry isn't because of if you're looking at who's been good and who hasn't in the pen because he's the eighth guy by numbers. Mm. He's probably their eighth best reliever that they're using in a fifth best reliever role. That I can understand. He is the guy. He, they want him to be in that group with Drew Smith and the Gosick. Guys you can rely on to get big outs in the fifth and sixth innings. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't be running them out there seventh, eighth, ninth. Sure. You know, if Drew Smith is pitching into the seventh inning, he didn't start the seventh. Right. He's just getting you to a certain batter to match the matchup. Especially yeah. in, in a big game, you know, you're going Rayleigh, Curtis, um, Ottavino, and Robertson before you go Smith. So if he's – and he's a good fifth reliever. Sure. He's a great fifth reliever, I'd argue. But if, if you're in the spot where you have Denny Reyes as your long man, and that's fine. It is what it is. I'm not going to sit here and bitch and moan about a long man. And Reyes hasn't given up a run, so kudos to him. I will say going to Maybe Dennis Santana in a one-run game in the seventh inning was downright lunacy. Right, and, and if you're the Mets, you're trying to figure out who can and can't do what, especially considering you got Santana so late in camp. Right. But I think but it's Facing fair. Juan Soto, Xander Bogarts, and Manny Machado, that, that ain't it. That nope, ain't it. It's not. It's not. It's, uh, that's, I mean, it, I, I think saw how the, that ended up. The main point, or the main thing is, you. I wouldn't expect them to have as long of a leash on Santana as they did Chase and Shreve last year. Sure. Considering they gave Shreve, I want to say a good month. It felt like, and they I ran him out there that. most days. It felt like more like six weeks. Six, they ran him out there a lot. a long time. Whenever that Mariner I, series was, he gave I up don't that piss think... Jesse Winker when he was hitting, I don't know, 130. Yeah, that and he's like, all right, hasta la pasta. I think that was it for him. Yeah. But it's, I don't think they'll give him nearly as long as a leash, long of a leash, because in theory, at some point, you're going to have Tommy Hunter come back. You're going to have... Grant Hartwig knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joey Lucchese still isn't going more than four or five innings in AAA. Mm-hmm. And the last time he tried to stretch it out, he blew out his UCL. What's the uh, what's the other lefty? Uh, Josh Walker? I think he could be a possibility as well. They have plenty of guys who can't. And that's yeah. and that's the thing that the Mets have now that they didn't have last year. Right. I mean, Eric Ors, the two-time cancer beater that they drafted in 2020 out of New Orleans. Yeah, he's looked great. Yeah, I mean the only guy you can really look at, the only guys you can really look at right now and say, all right, you're not going to be a factor right now is Dayaka, um, Coonrod, and Diaz. Sure. And beyond that, everyone else is an option. Eric Ors has looked great. Sure. Grant Hartwig has looked good. He looked great in camp. You have options. That's not something previous Mets teams have had. And yeah. I know people want to be like cautious and upset about Billy Epler and not like him and yeah, yeah, and that's that's fine. That's your prerogative. Right. But one, he he has to know he's GMing for a job, basically. And 
I don't think he wants to be the architect of the $300 million roster that won 85 games. <laughs> I, I don't think he wants that to his name. I think it's a fair assumption, too. I think that's a very fair assumption. So it's... Don't don't panic. They're going to come out of this no, series with guys, Oakland. In I, theory, they, they should Christ. be... They'll probably drop a game in Oakland because they seem to still be doing the thing that they do where they can't put together a winning streak, but they'll win two out of every three games. Right. We'll come out of the series in Oakland... What would that be? Nine and seven. And you have the Dodgers who have looked good, but not great. The Giants who, despite all the X-Met highlights are only five and seven. And you come back home then their May schedule is incredibly light. Did you see the, the the three players that drove in runs for the Giants yesterday? It was rough. It was Wilmer Flores. It was Darren Ruff who scored Conforto and JD Davis. Yeah. Sure, sure. I mean, they're yeah, five and seven, not? but sure, why not? Conforto just got banged up too. I think it yeah. was calf tightness or something, so he might be on the shelf for a little bit, which sucks. But that's story of his career. Yeah. Um, I I don't think yeah. it's fair to be worried yet, to be honest. No, and I no. know you think the same way, just timing wise. But Dude, I'm just talking seven and six, at... and like their their main guys aren't hitting the way that they normally will. Brandon and Nimmo is, went into yesterday's game hitting 188. He's not going to hit 188. Uh, is, Francisco Lindor isn't going to hit 220 year. all year. Pete Alonso isn't going to hit 215 all year. Mark Canna isn't going to hit 175 all year. Like these guys are going to start warming up. They're going to start heating up as the weather heats up, as we've seen the past couple years. They're going to be fine. This is the same thing they did last year. It's a lineup that we know is prone to go through droughts. Right. But I think they still have the pitching to win a bunch of three to two, two to one, three to four to three games. Without question. Especially if Robertson keeps pitching the way he has. My God, he's been. Robertson and Ottavino have been locked down. John Curtis looks like a legit high leverage arm. Smith has looked good. You know, Nagosik, for his part, has looked like he's a good Carlos Torres type five, six, seven out guy. Better than I expected he was going to be. Right. And I mean, and even then, just looking at the rest of the team, Tommy Pham is leading the team in average exit velocity. Tommy Pham is routinely hitting the piss out of the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, if I told you, like, I think right now you have to be looking at the fringes, the outside pieces of the team, the non-essentials. What are they doing? You know, are they ha- are are they looking good? Are they because you know Pete's going to come around? You know McNeil, Alonzo, Lindor, you know everyone, all the essentials, even in the rotation, Scherzer. Like, you know he's going to turn around. You know everything's going to be fine. Yeah, like Peterson. McGill, Smith, Nagosik, Fam, and then to the other side, admittedly, Carrasco, Nito. Like, if you have to see how those guys are doing, and that's going to tell you where things go. Yeah. So the fact that they have a legitimate fourth outfielder for the first time since probably 2015. I mean, when was the last time they were a good team and had a good fourth outfielder? I mean, for the last four years, your fourth outfielder by default has been Jeff McNeil. Right. And before that, you're looking at the 2016 team. Which wasn't necessarily a bad thing because you weren't losing any defense when you put Guillaume at second, and you wouldn't lose any offense by putting McNeil in the outfield. Right, but I think we can all agree we're at the point right now with the Mets Mets where it'd be better to have a a fourth outfielder who can hit than to shift McNeil out and put Guillaume in lap. Because as as we've talked about before, no, no disrespect to Guillaume, but it's not really much of a threat with the bat. Right. Like last year, the fourth outfielder was Travis Jankowski. Yeah, and in reality, he was the fifth outfielder because the fourth outfielder, like we said, was Jeff McNeil. Right. 
Yeah. So the fact that you can give him that everyday stability at second base with the occasional play in right field or left field, things will be fine. Yeah. Things will be fine. But I want to talk about the rotation real quick. I want to kind of go through a little a little mm-hmm. trust factor, right? One through five with the mm-hmm. Scherzer, Senga, uh, Carrasco, Peterson, McGill. One through five, who do you trust? I I, I still think number one is first. Scherzer. Give your one through five first. I want to hear where you go. Okay. And are we including Verlander? No, I'm talking about okay. current Just healthy guys. Cur- yeah. Okay. yeah, you go first. So I think right now, I still have to go Scherzer one. Oddly enough, I'm going Senga two. I'll go Scherzer, Senga, McGill, Peterson, Carrasco. You, you got to give me the why. Huh? You got to give me the why. Sure. I, I mean, Scherzer is Max Scherzer. I know he had that one bump in the row with, with Milwaukee, but again, we're gonna I, I'm going to chalk it off as an, an anomaly. He's not going to give up 15 hard hit balls. He's not going to go back to back to back home runs. He's going to get adjusted to the pitch clock. He's going to get adjusted to the mechanics of everything that he, he's a walking hall of famer for a reason. I'm giving two to Senga purely by the eye test. Now I know he's, he's faced uh, Miami twice, but first of all, it's hard to face a, a line of two times in a row and still be as dominant as he has. He's looked fantastic. I would like a little bit more length out of him, but for what he's given, I think he's been, as advertised. The ghost work is, is straight up stupid. McGill, I mean, I know he's he's Mr. April, and then after that, there seems to be a little bit of decline every year in his career, but he's worked himself out of trouble. He's shown that he can get tough outs. He's shown that he can get big outs in big spots. He doesn't need to be strikeout reliant. It doesn't seem like, with the exception of the Juan Soto home run that just landed like two seconds ago, it seems like not... He, a lot of it is soft contact. He gets. He, I just like. I, I'm just a McGill guy. I'm a McGill fan. Peterson. He tends to kind of get himself into trouble, but I think he's done a better job of limiting the damage so far. And then when it comes to Carrasco, it just. I need to see it. Carrasco is the one guy where you haven't been able to really say, okay, I I can trust this guy to get some big outs. He hasn't looked sharp. His velocity's down. He's complained about the pitch clock as well. I don't know. I think out of one through five, I think for me, he has to be five. Now, you want to trust his track record, and you know I'm, I'm a track record guy, unless it's Darren Ruff because he was an atrocity to the game of baseball with the Mets. I want to That's give fair. Carrasco the benefit of the doubt, but as of right now, on April 13th, He's the guy I trust the least in the Mets rotation. The Mets are going to have a decision to make in a couple weeks when Verlander is back. So I don't think right now you can justify getting rid of McGill or Peterson for Carrasco. Definitely, and not I McGill. think, and I think you have the starting depth enough to justify just outright dumping Carrasco. Because a big thing, I doubt they dump him. Well, a big thing, especially when looking at rosters as early in the year, is you're looking at roster flexibility, depth, the minors, yada, yada, yada. I don't think if you're the Mets that you have to worry too much if you dump Carrasco, because I think right now as you look at things, you're always always looking at things live. 
Sure. You look like, especially when it comes to depth in this moment, like there's a good chance if you're looking at your overall roster depth chart, Eduardo Escobar is probably eight, nine, or ten on the infield. You know, it they might like there's a there's a decent chance looking at Viento, Spady, and Mendic as better major league options than Escobar right now. It's just contractual reasons he's on the big league roster. You know, I don't think any team's actually fielding their best 25 in April or 26. And right. a lot of people disagree with that, but it's something I do feel. And I, I I think especially when you're looking at guys that are on the roster contractually, no options. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say right now, I think Carrasco is probably your seventh best starter at best. Interesting. If we're at Earth sixth best, because I'm not going to count Quintana into this, but I will count Verlander because Verlander thinks he can be ready by the end of the month. And if that's true, you're going to have a decision to make. You know, whether that's you cut Denny Reyes and move Carrasco to the pen, let him be the long man. But you got Scherzer, McGill, Peterson, Sanga, Verlander, all above Carrasco. I think I'm willing to put Jose Budo above him. Wow. Mind you, Jose Budo is shoving ass in Syracuse right now. Reigning, uh, reigning International League Player of the Week, pitcher of the okay. week. I think he just went six innings, no hits, no runs, seven Ks, six Ks, something pretty good. He's been great, and I'm a big Budo fan in general. I've been, a, I was a fan of him last year. They just he was in an impossible situation, last minute spot start, major league debut in a band box. It was never going to work. And again, for the record, they did win that game. Right, yeah. Thank you, Mark. He yeah. was atrocious. But, but they but won the it's, game. It's, it's like the same thing when they would like when they were on the road last year and late in the year and they were bringing up a different reliever every day. They'd shit oh, the bed, wild. then they'd get cut. And the part of that was just like, like you're bringing these guys up because you know you need them to pitch today. And it, it was just bad. But I'm a big Budo fan. I'm a big believer in his stuff, especially the slider. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think you can't forget Joey Lucchese. Joey Lucchese has a good track record in major league success. And people tend to forget he was really turning a corner when he hit it with the Mets. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. He had a really good month or so. I I don't know what their plan is with him in terms of stretching him out. Mm -hmm. But the Mets have had some good pitching going on in Syracuse. And it's a lot of guys with options like Budo, Lucchese, Grant Hartwig, if they add him to the 40, Eric Orzi, if they add him to the 40, guys like that. Guys who have options, who have control. Flexibility has been the Mets' MO when it comes to the back end of their pitching staff for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. We saw it in their waiver claims. We saw it in how they mostly left the pen unfinished, how they carry Santana and Nagosik. You know, flexibility has been something they have wanted. And there's been a lot of good pitching in Syracuse so far. And I'm willing to to believe that they would be willing to move on from Carrasco if this keeps up. Because at some point, if you're Billy Epler, and I will give him credit, Billy Epler is very honest with the media. He doesn't tend to hold back. Mm-hmm. You know, and I give him a lot of credit for how he handled the Darren Ruff situation. You know, they didn't just carry LoCastro or whatever because of Ruff. Right. You know, that was that was a different decision. They cut bait with him. He sat there and was like, you know what? Trade didn't work out. That's on me. Very mature, very respectable, especially in a tough market like New York. Right. You know, where we were just talking about, there's a million Frank Flemings out there. 
Oh, there's so many of them. And it, that, that makes it tough. Borderline too many. Right. But I think for all the re- other reasons I put before, I think they'd be willing to move on from Carrasco if they really had to. So, I mean, but we're two starts in a couple. I still of real... don't think they do. And, and I think they would move into the bullpen first, but there I'll is no option. That. There I'll is no that. option on him after this year. There is no, oh, he's passed arbitration. He's passed. Somebody. He's an unrestricted free agent after this year who might even be leading towards retirement. Hmm. If anything, you might hope that you can kind of rich hill him. Like with what the race did with the Mets a couple years ago, where he's pitching regular innings and he's pitching well. But you have someone ready to go behind him, mm-hmm. so you get something out of him, out of a trade form, and then move on. I'm sure there's there there'd be they there would be a team willing to take on a guy like Carrasco, like not for nothing. But even if like you're Colorado, you just want someone to eat innings. Well, not even and that. work with some younger guys. Like I'm not sure. Why that... not a team like Cleveland? His old team, they have a lot of injuries in rotation. Because I think you're better off going with younger, cheaper options. Or, hey, Tampa probably just saw Springs for a decent chunk of the season. I don't know if you saw what happened today. Yeah, I mean, they're going to call up Luis Patino, who's going to put up a 1.5 ERA. I'm just, I'm, I'm throwing options out there. But, I mean, just like. And no, listen, I'm not saying starts... we need to trade him now. They, like, give the, no, give the guy a guy to figure it out. Give him, give him more innings. than two starts. Right. I mean, two starts, Jose Budo, 9.2 innings. Eight Ks, two earned runs. Joey Lucchese's got a, f- a four flat ERA, ten strikeouts in nine innings. Like they've gotten some good starting pitching. They can even just piggyback Lucchese and Carrasco together. Like make the like a, a set I mean, day where they I both pitch. You, at some point, you're also going to have to like if Jeff Brigham comes back and looks good in Syracuse, how can you be able to justify keeping him down? Like I said, no one's carrying their best 26 men right now. These are also good problems to have. Right. And these are oh, much no, better than we problems. have too much pitching. These are better problems than ones we would have been talking about years ago. But yeah. I also love how we're just, we didn't even talk about what we were going to talk about. We're getting there. It's <laughs> no, we usually have those five minutes before we start recording. All right. What are we talking about? Yeah. We yeah. Do that today. What's next? Um, I think we need to talk about something that we agree on. And, they're doing a disservice to Francisco Alvarez. You want you want to go first? Or you want me to? Because I could I, I could tell just by your reaction and, and the hand raising, you, you you have some words to say. I do, and for me, it's mainly just I. I don't get it. I don't. Because if you really just wanted a backup catch and you're committing to Nito two out of call every Michael three Perez. days, like like sixty day Narvaez and call it Michael Perez. I'm like, you can't say they don't have roster flexibility because they just the other day put Sam Coonrod on the 60-day deal, and he's been hurt since March. Right. You know, it took them a minute to put Diaz and Quintana and Dayaka on. I think there's someone that's Narvaez himself still isn't even on the 60-day. If he doesn't play at least two games against Oakland, they're ruining the kid. It's just like it was put out best by some of the guys at Baseball Prospectus. He's clearly over eager and he's clearly trying to do everything and to play all at once. But a lot of that calms down when you give him regular at bats because instead of trying to make the most out of 10 weekly at bats, he's trying to make the most out of 23 weekly at bats. Like you can tell in the at bat against Josh Hader, he was trying to hit a homer. 
That was his, the only thing on his mind. I, he could have thrown a pitch at his cranium and he would have swung because he was trying to hit the ball into the seats. I really thought after his first at-bat when they called him up that things were starting to click and connect a little bit because it was a, a two-strike count. He just tried to put the ball in play, and as Keith Rad accurately put it, a little duck fart into the outfield that scored a run. What more could you want in a situation like that? Runner at third, two outs, he got the job done. And even but then, right it, after it, that, they benched him for a, two days. That's a, That should have been a huge confidence builder. Look, you went up there, you didn't have your best swings, your best at bat, but you still got the job done. Yeah. But it's just, it, it it's, it's concerning. And I think ultimately that is what I'm coming back to. It is concerning. Right. And it makes you very much worry, you know, if you have Beatty and Escobar in the same roster, if you have Beatty, Alvarez, Nito, and Escobar in the same roster, how many games are Nito or how many games are Escobar and Beatty riding the pine together? Right. Because like anyone who knows anything about prospect evaluation and that whole process nowadays tells you AAA you, is not the spot to know. Right. If a guy can make it through AA, especially the Eastern League, that's the sign of a legitimate prospect. You know, no one's figuring it out really in AAA. You're fine tuning things, absolutely. You're getting a lot more knowledge because in AAA you have a lot more of the, you know, the Joey Lucchese, the fringe roster guys. Yeah, the Danny Mendix, the guy who've been in the major leagues, they know the things you want to know as a major league player, right? And they're more than willing to hand those on. But talent-wise, there's nothing else to there's nothing else to know or learn. Do you have a monologue of your own? You hit a lot of the same you, points. You can take one if you want. It'll give me a second to charge my laptop. <laughs> don't plug my mic. Plug your damn laptop in. I just, I, I, I don't. This moment. I, I don't get it. You I don't make the most of the. Uh, what? Make the most of the hand usages. Yeah. It's like because you say it the entire time. You say it in spring training. You say it for the WBC. You think you say it into the season. The only time Francisco Alvarez would be on the roster. Is if if he's going to be playing a majority of the games, getting a majority of that bats. Now, listen, I'm not as extreme on Tomas Nito as you are. Where you, I think the word you called him was abysmal or atrocious, whatever the word was. It wasn't good. Both of them, okay. <laughs> but why call him up? If you want to bench it, like, I, I kind of understand benching him in the first game because that way he's not too over anxious and he's kind of like gets him the day to relax, get acclimated, talk to the guys on the team. That's fine. But then you play him the second game and then you bench him for two games after that. What's the point? Now, the thing that I'm concerned about, the thing that I'm somewhat concerned with, is that in the two games that Alvarez has started, the Mets have lost. Now, I'm not concerned about that as just like, like, like there's a correlation there, but I'm concerned if this is going to sound so stupid. I'm, I'm concerned if the team actually puts some sort of correlation to that, where if Buck Showalter sees, well, the Mets are 0-2 when Alvarez starts, we got to keep on throwing out Tomas Nito. I'm, I'm worried about that. It's stupid. I'm probably making zero sense. And I could tell by your face, you don't agree. And that's honestly, that makes you feel better. 
you're muted guy. <laughs> it's not that I don't agree. Okay. It's that, that I worry that that sounds scarily like something they would actually do. Thank you. Thank this you. It's the same franchise that ran out Wilson Ramos's catcher winning percentage all those years ago. Right. But who were the owners at that time? Who was the GM at that time? But a lot of that, a a lot of that front office is still there. I I get that. I get that. But there's one key guy that's not there. And it's a key guy that brought him in because he was his representative. And I get that. But I'm saying a lot of the guys that were sitting in chairs close to Billy Epler or close to Brody Van Wagen on that round table are still there. I can only think of one of them that's been dismissed. And it's because he went bitching to Andy Martino too much. None yep. of them listen to this anyway, so I can say what I want. Right, right. They right. see my tweets. They don't see this. But it's one like, of them went bitching to Martino it. too. No, but you're you're right. It that's a valid concern. It's just that, but the broader concern I get, I do. It's the thought process won't be what's best for him long term. It'll be how what's best for winning tomorrow. Right. Without realizing you're going to win a lot of tomorrows if you do what's best for him long term. I just and like, prospects are great. You don't win anything with farm system rankings. No, you don't. You don't. But if but having one, having a good one is good because then you can take those guys and you get more Pete Alonzo's, more Jeff McNeil's, more Brandon Nimmo's, more Francisco Lindor's, more Jake Degrom's, more all of them, more Zach Wheeler's, all of them. You get more of them by having a good farm system. I think this upcoming series is going to be very telling. If they hit the major league level, if they hit the major league level, and you're not giving them the chance, mm-hmm. and you're right, the series will be very telling. Because in theory, if, if you're if you're Oakland, lucky, you can mess around with this one a little bit more. With Oakland, with a team staff that's like nine and a half, three and ten. That's three and ten. If they you just, don't play him two out of three games, I'm sorry, send him down. And I don't down. think there. I don't think there's a day game after night game. This I year. just I think checked. All it's it's one nine o'clock and then two four o'clock. Yeah, so they're all night games. Right. Well. So there's one thing is you. It's it's night game day have game. Have the option day at the HM because the concern isn't him. You're frozen. But the concern isn't him settling in defensively. Uh, yeah, the concern yeah. is him. Can you hear me? Right, it, it's like. Can you hear me? Yeah, I could hear you. Am now. I good? Yeah, yeah. yeah you're, but like you're, you're not worried about. Up, still. Oh, he, you don't. Throw, you're not worrying about. Oh, he needs to adjust to the staff. You're worried about him getting set a limit to play because when you give him fucking seven at bats a week, he's going up there trying to hit seven home runs. Yes, and that's not good. No, like Jesus, man. But he's not here for his defense. His defense will be what it is. It is what it is. It's like, I think he has a, he has the tools and fundamentals so far to be a fine defensive catcher. He's the not going to be. Brad will be a fine defensive third baseman. Right. And like, I, I know this is a lazy comparison, but you know, you know who else is a fine defensive catcher, but elite offensively? Mike fucking Piazza. I'm not saying he's going to be Mike Piazza. But I mean, we don't know what you're gonna get. But no, you're playing that's him fair. twice a week. And the one time, like the times you play him are when you first call him up, and this is when this is when you you potentially ruin the development from the get-go. Whereas you call him up, he's like, Hey, you're in the middle of a pennant race. Here's Max Fried, here's Kenley Jansen, here's Charlie Morton. And then now you're calling him back up, 
you let him play in Miami, get his groove going a little bit, and he bench for two days. Like, okay, here's Blake Snell and Josh Hader. Good luck. What are we doing? You got to yeah, give him a chance. It's, it's not. There's not. Let I him don't, play every game this series. I don't have him catch have twice. Of, DH the game in between. Case closed. Have, done. I don't. I don't have a lot of confidence in their usage of younger players right now, and I know that that's a common sentiment. And people with people with a little more say than I have, mm-hmm. and a little bit more important of an opinion, mm-hmm. and maybe a nicer seat or a nicer name on the desk, right? But it's not an uncommon thought in high places, and it's just it's frustrating as a fan. I'd rather yeah. see them lose with exciting. I rather see them get blown out and lose every game twelve to three, but you're you're getting dingers and shit out of Mauricio, Beatty, Vientos, Alvarez, whatever, then you're losing four to three because Escobar, Lo Castro, and, Kim, and like fucking Mark Canna and Tomas Nito are combining to go like two for 17. At some point, you have to look yourself in the mirror and accept the inevitable. And the inevitable is like Escobar won't turn it around. It is going to be Brett Beatty's job. Tomas Nito is not going to start hitting like 275. That's just not his game. You're gonna have to give at bats to Alvarez, or you just have to accept losses, and you're gonna have to accept that you're not gonna be as good of a team as you can be. I mean, if you're willing to accept that for the sake of being right and going down your way, even though your way is the wrong way, maybe maybe you don't deserve like that job, April, Just let the kid play. Maybe you don't deserve that job. Oh, and you know, and the Mets are gonna have big. If the Mets don't win a title, they're gonna have big decisions to make this offseason. Yes, that's another thing people aren't exactly talking about. Like it's too early to talk about that. Right. But, you know, Billy Epler will be halfway into his contract. Buck Showalter will have a year left. You're going to have big names available again in the in the executive world. It's there are decisions to make. Yeah. Yeah. It's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Like I try to be optimistic and be the positive guy here. Well, yeah, one of us is definitely more optimistic than the other. Right. But I'll give you that much. If we're sitting here on Thursday, Thursday? No. If we're sitting here on Monday, sure. And Francisco Alvarez only gets four at bats and then maybe a pinch hit appearance, I'm gonna have some words. I'm going to have some emotions, some feelings, some feelings about the Mets that I don't enjoy having. However, I'm starting to get led down that path. Oakland sucks, especially pitching. They should take care of the A's, and it's a good series. Even if you're going to bring, this is a good series to bring Brett Beatty up, and maybe you hit, you know, like Bocastro, Escobar, whoever with. No an IL stint, load management, whatever, because it's still early. They'll get some confidence going in some guys. But I worry that they'll view that as this is a series to get Nito and Escobar going and not this is a series to get Alvarez and Baby going. Oakland's team ERA is the worst in baseball at 7.65. 7.65. Through 13 games, that means... They're giving up 
over seven runs a game. Let's see what their opponent batting average. Their That's opponent very bad. is 286. Their opponent batting average is two fucking 86. It's the second highest in baseball. To Wow. And the Cardinals. That's interesting. They've been um, bad. They've Cardinals been, been bad. Their pitching is so Not bad. Good. It's Jordan Walker's electric. Oh, the kids. Yeah. Kids yeah. a stud. The kids How long beast. before we can dub him the best outfielder in St. Louis? Probably pretty soon. Um, but like, I, once again, what are we doing here? Like, play the kid. What else were we talking about today? I don't even remember. I, I, in my fantasy league, someone just traded Jake Mangum for a second round pick. What? Was it Jake Mangum? I need to go veto this trade. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, they gotta play them. That they, they they really gotta play them. If, but I will say, if Carrasco struggles in Oakland, right? That's not another case of you have to look yourself in the mirror and talk about the inevitable. And you know, sometimes it isn't fun, right? But sometimes it's what you have to do. So who who are the pitching matchups in Oakland? So tomorrow is Senga. Yeah, it should be Senga, Carrasco, and Peterson again, or Senga, Carrasco, Scherzer. Yes, should be three zero. But I understand theoretically. That. Yeah, but I mean, every team's not going to lose every game, right? Like it's the age old thing. Every team is going to win sixty games. Every team is going to lose sixty games, unless you're the Rays and you're just going to win every single <laughs> fucking game that you play. They'll like lose one to the Royals or something. This one. They'll lose after the clinch in like I don't know <coughs> July fifteenth, <15th. laughs> like because that. they play their hangover the hangover lineup, and then they'll lose four to three in twelve innings. So are we go in hot takes. Um, I mean, we have one. Order of business first. I thought we did that after, but go ahead. Well, I mean, do you well, this want... is your no, you know, this is your thing. Yeah, you know I have what? nothing to say about this. Yeah, let's I'm gonna let you first. take over. Let's do takes first, and I'm gonna let's do our takes first, oh, and then okay. we'll end the we'll end the, the the program with the big announcement. My hot take: Carlos Carrasco shits the bed in Oakland, and gets cut right after. I mean, so I can get cut right after. That's a hot take, man. That's I mean, that's a Scorcher. I mean, he can give up 10 runs without getting an out. They're not going to cut him. <laughs> They're more likely to say his shoulder or elbow is barking, put him on the IL before they cut him. Hot take for me. Hmm. Hot take for me. I'll say hmm. I'm trying to I'm trying to pinpoint the one guy to do what I'm gonna say is gonna happen. Cause I'm stone cold on all my my takes so far this year. You want me to give my other two while you're thinking? You got oh you got more locked and loaded? Well, we, yeah. Yeah, go for it. Say Starling Marte is gonna steal seven bases in Oakland. That's sure. Fuck it. 
<laughs> Why not? And I will say Kodak Sanga will go in. You cut out Kodak Sanga will what? Pitch into the seventh. Okay. I like Back it. 13 strikeouts against I like the eight. it. I like it. Bad lineup. He'll take advantage. No Seth Brown. On yeah, to you. One guy. Let's get you three. Um. Oh, I got to go three. Shit. All right. In one of the three games against Oakland, we will see a position player pitch. Okay. And hopefully it's from Oakland. It's like Nick Allen or something. Um, oh, I got another one. Speaking of pitching, I'm still trying to figure out which guy. Someone's taking familiar, deep. I mean, <laughs> I love the guys, but is saying someone's going to take familiar or as much as I love this guy as well, Trevor May, deep, is that as much of a hot take or is it just like a – Inevitability. Both those guys are going to get taken deep this series. That's my fourth hot take. I feel so bad for Trevor May because I root for the guy, but my goodness, he just does not have it so far. He got a walk-off nuke to Rushman before. Um, I'll go Kodai Senga. Okay. Immaculate inning. Oh, all ghost forts. For the strikeouts. Yes, of course. All right. And number three. And number three. Purely because I want it to happen, and it's not even a hot take. It's just Francisco Alvarez plays all three games and gets a hit in all three games. Play the game and see what happens. It's wild. I know know you've been chomping at the bits to get this one off. Big announcement. The big announcement. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to unplug myself and let you have this. Wow. All right. We've been talking about it. We've been teasing it. Jack's been retweeting it. We've all been retweeting it. We've been talking about it. We have the giveaway for June 17th. Two tickets. Section 137. Fantastic seats. I've been sitting there for every Saturday home game for the past few years. Great tickets. I'm just giving them away. June 17th against the Cardinals. Put, Put your mic back on so we can get a little drum roll. A little drum roll. Wait for Jack to unmute himself. You can do it. Oh. There you are. Oh, and, and now you're muted again. Jack is struggling. <laughs> there he is. Hey, man. Jack's on vacation for the first time in forever. Oh, Godspeed. I'm out of town this weekend. All right, you want a drum roll? A little drum roll, please. Of course. One moment. It's quite the shot there, guys. Oh, we're getting no audio there. That's incredible. The winner of the giveaway. <laughs> it's going to be hysterical that you have to read their Twitter handle. And you can't yeah. just be like, it's Mikey Allen. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guy. <laughs> The winner is Finny CSGO. Geo, congrats, guy. Yes. Yes. The bio. I like a lot of teams that usually disappoint me. I I mean, I feel you, guy. I feel you. A fellow gamer plays Counter-Strike. I can tell by his, his, his handle. He's a Met fan, a Nets fan. I appreciate that as well. Vinny, 
CSGO. That's a big giveaway. Congrats, buddy. Congrats. Hopefully, hopefully that it's a good game. Maybe see Scherzer, maybe see Verlander. I, I mean, it could be a Tyler O'Neill revenge game. We've talked about it. All right. Any other, any other, uh, anything else? No. All right. I think this is a shorter one for us. Considering my computer situation. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. That's true. Well, can you point out how luscious my hair is? I mean, I got the hat on just because my hair's a little bit of a mess right now. I haven't gotten a haircut. I don't know what's going on here. I haven't gotten a haircut in about 15 months. That's actually, yeah. I mean, look that's how pretty impressive. No, it, it, listen, got some luscious locks, man. Yeah, you got Remember? it going. Going to a country music festival this weekend in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, so yeah, that, that, it suits it. Fuck yeah. All right. So we will formally put out the winner as soon as we're done recording here. Congrats to that guy. Play the kid. Hopefully you see Francisco Alvarez play. That'd be great too. A home run ball. Maybe. It's right around the area where he hit his first one. So hey. It's possible. But that's all we got today. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, follow on Twitter. Do it again. Make another account. Follow on that one. We finally cracked the 1,000 followers thanks to this giveaway. So we're going to keep going. Actually. Yeah, we're, we're approaching 1,200 at this point. So let's just keep it going. Hopefully it's a fun season to talk about. We're going to have a lot of episodes, a lot of stuff coming up. We got to be the most popular Mets podcast that no one actually listens to. Damn street. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right. For Antonio Slater and Jack Ramsey, it's been the amazing city. As always, LFGM. <laughs>